The last remains of Andrew Cunanan have been interred behind a marble slab in a sunny mausoleum at the Holy Cross Cemetery in San Diego. Paid for with money his mother received for doing an interview on Paramount Television's hard copy. In order to keep the media out that day, the security was ironclad. Only one car with a previously cleared license number was allowed to approach the site. The FBI was on alert. By then, it had been six weeks since the 27-year-old Cunanan had calmly walked up and shot Gianni Versace at point-blank range on the steps of the Italian fashion designer's Miami Beach mansion, touching off the largest failed manhunt in U.S. history. Now, several days later, on August 29, 1997, two days before what would have been Andrew's 28th birthday, a Mass for the Souls is being offered in the cemetery chapel for all those put to rest during the previous week. On this occasion, neither the FBI nor the news media is anywhere in sight. Andrew's mother, Marianne Shalachi Kunanen, has invited to attend old friends and acquaintances who knew Andrew as a bright schoolboy, not as the psychotic gay gigolo of the headlines. About 15 people show up including Andrew's Filipino godfather, 86-year-old Delphine Labau. None of his three siblings, who live at some distance and have already attended a family memorial, is here. Nor is his father, who fled in disgrace to his native Philippines in 1988, leaving his family behind. Modesto Pete Cunanan has not been in the United States since. Marianne has arrived early to light candles at the as-yet-uncarved tombstone commemorating her son. She chooses to believe, in the face of overwhelming evidence to the contrary, that the youngest of her four children was not a sexually sadistic spree killer. She refuses to believe that he killed five innocent people before turning a stolen forty caliber weapon on himself. Marianne is obviously very fragile by turns garrulous and stupefied, teetering on the brink of total emotional meltdown. Mainly, she seems to be all sweetness and light, but her mood can swing at any time. She is wearing a yellow shirt of Andrew's and blue rayon printed pants. She goes up the aisle to a front row pew, clutching a large plastic mug filled with ice water with which to wash down her medications. From her pocket, she takes out printed mass cards in Andrew's honor and distributes them. On the front is a picture of either Jesus or Mary. On the back is written, In memory of Andrew P. Cunanan, August 31, 1969 to July 23, 1997. I'd like the memory of me to be a happy one. I'd like to leave an echo of happy times and laughing times. Andrew Cunanan's name does not appear on the handwritten list posted at the back of the church to indicate the individuals for whom the Mass is being celebrated. Indeed, when the priest reads his name, he reads it as Marianne has submitted it to him, Andrew Cunanan Shalachi. The other worshippers, who have also lost loved ones, have no idea that one infamous soul is being prayed for here today. By coincidence, the Gospel from St. Mark is the story of the beheading of John the Baptist. Now, nobody's going to cut off anybody's head, 
Monsignor Francis Pattison says calmly from the pulpit. Maybe he doesn't know that Andrew's third victim, Chicago real estate magnate Lee Miglin, had his throat brutally slit with a garden bow saw. And why do people do such things? The priest asks. Saying there is evil in the world, or the devil made me do it, is the biggest cop-out there is. You have to take responsibility for your actions. Marianne Cunanan stares straight ahead. And why did Andrew kill those five people before killing himself on a boarded-up houseboat in Miami Beach? The FBI conducted more than a thousand interviews, but still the Bureau professes to know very little. Andrew's old schoolmates and the hundreds of people he interacted with in his short life appear perplexed. His mother believes that whatever happened, her son was set up and is now a saint in heaven. Marianne's dark eyes burn as she hugs those who have come to the service. One well-dressed woman presses money into her palm. Closure, whispers Sister Dolores, Andrew's old catechism teacher from St. Rose of Lima Parish in nearby Chula Vista, when she comes up to Marianne. She urges her to think about other things and rest. You need closure. But there is too much pain for that.